Previously on Wayne's Iron Maiden podcast. Um, oh, do you remember when you spilled pop on Michael Patterson's Amstrad? No, that wasn't me. Um, remember, we, we said we wouldn't tell him. Now, now more interestingly, I had someone called Pamela Cartwright send a message in, and she hopes that she wasn't the beast that he mentioned in his poem last week. This is very interesting. I might ask him about this later. I might, uh, might make him a bit uncomfortable. Um, but m- maybe I'll see how he behaves first. And, uh, yeah, I might, I might bring it up. And, and that, that actually might teach him a lesson for mentioning me spilling pop on Michael Patterson's Amstrad. He's done that a few times. Well, he, he can't keep writing about the French trip experience. But, but it's all done. I, I've written all the poems for the series and they relate to it. Sea of Madness is the ferry trip. So all of this album, you're doing poems about the French trip? Yeah. No. No, you're not. I'm not having this. I'm getting negative comments, as I have several times about your poems. I feel that you might be sort of making money out of the podcast. And, and the, it's my podcast. It, the podcast wasn't designed for your poems. But yeah, I might ring some other friends, because Trevor obviously wasn't in a good way. Hello, I'm Wayne, and this is my Iron Maiden podcast. On these shows, I look at the songs of Iron Maiden and how they influenced me growing up as a boy in 1980s Birmingham. This week, I'm looking at the song Sea of Madness, which is track three on the Somewhere in Time album. Last week, I looked at Wasted Years, and I had some feedback as usual. At the start of that show, I tried to whistle the opening section, and I failed miserably. After this, I speculated about fast whistling and how old men whistle like birds, a bit like this. Now, I speculated that this was perhaps the call of a nut hatch. Now, Victoria Waterfield got in touch and she said this isn't what a nut hatch sounds like because they've got like a short twit twit sound. Whereas my example sounded more like a chaffinch or a yellow hammer. So there you go. Thanks for that, Victoria. I also had Zoe Herriot writing in a bit confused because I talked about the Wasted Years performance on German TV where the band swapped instruments because they were miming. And I said that Adrian didn't want anyone to touch his Jackson Dinky. And Zoe Herriot said, is Jackson Dinky a cockney rhyming slang term? And the answer to that is no. A Jackson Dinky is actually a guitar synth. Uh, the one that Adrian used on most of the album, but not on Wasted Years. So I hope that clears that up. Talking of Adrian Smith, he wrote the song this week, Sea of Madness. That's two in a row, written by just Adrian. And this might mean he's got more solos again, like in Wasted Years. And I've checked the stats. It does mean this. Adrian's got all the solo bits. So this is good, if you're Adrian. First of all, let's look at the title, Sea of Madness. Now last week, we looked at Wasted Years, where Adrian wrote some lyrics about the seven seas. I can confirm that the Sea of Madness isn't one of these seven seas. It isn't a real sea on the world map. I suppose it's like a metaphor, but we'll look at this later. The intro has got a really nice quick tempo. It's a bit like back in the village. When the bass and drums come in, it's got this driving beat that slows it down a little bit, weirdly, almost creating like a nice groove. The lyrics sound quite serious. It says, Out in the street, somebody's crying. Out in the night, the fires burn. Maybe tonight somebody's crying, reached the point of no return. 
You might not get the passion from these lyrics with me reading them out, but the way Bruce sings them, you can feel it. There's issues, issues on the streets, there's sad people, crying, and there's fires burning. It's not looking too good. This might resonate today with protests and injustice and people crying. So therefore, it would seem that there were similar problems in 1986 when this song was written. The 1980s were full of issues. There were people on the streets, under pressure. There was famine, riots. There were military coups or coups. There were uprisings, revolution, war. And in 1986, to add to this, Wham split up. So lots of people were annoyed or angry or sad. And Adrian puts this in the first verse. After this, we get like a bridge section where it all slows down. This is quite a nice dramatic feel. It comes quite early on. We've not even had a minute or two yet. And straight away there's a change. In the background, I can hear a high-pitched noise, which sounds like a keyboard. It doesn't sound like the guitar synths in Court Somewhere in Time which were like guitar effects or wasps. It just sounds like a, a different sort of noise, like a keyboard noise, but not like a flute or strings or a pipe organ. I don't know if I like these synths particularly, but you don't really notice them because they go away quite quickly for the chorus. The lyrics in the verse, Adrian says, My eyes they see, but I can't believe. Heart is heavy as I turn my back and leave. So it, it shows that What's seen on the streets is difficult to take in, and Adrian shows that he can't do much about the problems of the world. He doesn't turn his back and leave in a nasty way, but he's got other things to do, and his, his heart is heavy, he says, so even though he's a rock star, he's got feelings for the man on the street, or woman. The chorus, we get another eagle. We've had a few eagles already, haven't we? Like the eagle and the dove, fly so high on wings above. I thought these lyrics were rubbish when I was a boy because it sounded like a silly childish rhyme, dove and above. It sounded obvious. But the key line there is, fly so high, on wings above. And that means they're on wings. So Iron Maiden are on a plane, which is like an eagle or a dove because it's in the sky. The band are on a plane, looking down at the Earth's problems. Or maybe Adrian is. Um, and you can imagine him Perhaps saying this while he's on a flight. Like the eagle and the dove, fly so high on wings above, when all you see can only bring you sadness. So from this then, can we assume that humanity is the sea of madness? There's not literally a sea underneath the plane that they're looking at. It could just be humanity together is like a sea. It's quite a nice solo, uh, but after this, there's this really impressive breakdown. It's got quite an unusual sound. Now, hardcore rockers might not like this sound because it's not very tough and it almost sounds romantic. And there's this high oo, which is, I think, Bruce, but it's not something he's done before. Quite melodic and poppy almost. Um, it's nice. It's what, it's what I'd like if I was feeling that I was on the, the verge of a sea of madness. I'd like to hear Bruce in my ears going oo. Well, maybe I should do it properly rather than just say oo because that, that doesn't give you the, the vibe of it, does it? So it goes, Ooh. I wonder if that's a bird call. It speeds back up into the final verse. As usual, the transitions are very good in the song. They're good at this, aren't they, Iron Maiden? Um, 
This final verse is actually the same as the first verse. So this repetition is like a cycle. We've seen this before, but here it emphasises the repetition of people's suffering and the cycle of problems and how they won't go away or leave your subconsciousness, even if it's something from school. I mentioned earlier about the Sea of Madness not being one of the seven seas. That's because in this case, it's a sea of madness and we're heading there like a river, apparently. We're flowing towards this madness. There's, there's no way. We can't turn back on the tide. We're just sort of being floated there. Um, so it's inevitable that we'll suffer, I think. I mentioned I made and looking down on this sea of madness, which again isn't water. It's a sea of people. Um, I see the sea of madness as like a crowd of shoppers in the boring shopping centre in Birmingham. They're all milling about with their own little problems and lives. The song itself is surprisingly long. Uh, it doesn't feel like there's much to it. Um, and I wonder if it could have been a single, because it's quite catchy. I don't know why they didn't release three songs from an album as singles at this stage, because they could have done. They tended just to release two songs. I think Sea of Madness would have been a nice concept for a Derek Riggs sleeve. I've been quite positive about the song, and that's right, because it's very good. And even in the final section, you can feel the desperation, how everything sort of filters out slowly. It doesn't fade out, because Iron Maiden songs don't do this generally, but everything rings out naturally and stops. There's no big harumph at the end. Um, even, you know, the, the final word, madness, how Bruce sings it, 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 it's perfect for the end of the song. I wondered if they'd played it live, because uh, it doesn't seem like one of those famous songs that they perform. Um, but weirdly, I find that they actually played it live when I saw them in 1986. But I don't remember it particularly in the set, because I was only about nine, I think. So I've seen Sea of Madness live, but I don't remember thinking about it in such depth at the time. It was just a song with a nice chorus, and maybe I got a bit annoyed about the Dove from Above bit. In every episode to date, on Sunday at 2.30, I'll give Trevor a ring and talk to him about the song and general chit-chat. Let's see what happened when I called him this Sunday. Oh, doesn't seem to be answering. Uh, I'll try his home number. Hello? Oh, hello, Mrs Trevor. It's Wayne. Uh, is Trevor in at all? Oh, hello, Wayne. No. Oh, it's 2.30 on a Sunday. Um, are you sure? What, what's going on? Um, yeah. He's had a bit of a week. Oh, that's strange. Well, why don't you put him on? Maybe I can speak to him, see what's going on. Uh, well, he's not in. N not in? Well, he said he just wanted to go for a walk and, you know, be with his thoughts. OK, well, well do you know what time he'll be back? Um, he said he might go round to Michael Patterson's. He's a lovely lad. Michael Patterson's? Yeah, round the corner. You know him. You went to school with him. Yeah, I know him. All right. OK, well, thanks anyway. Speech. Thank you. Bye. Bye. So that meant no Trevor for the episode? That's a first. I didn't know what to do. I panicked. I put some self-help music on, on my cassette player, my Walkman. 
and uh, had a listen. And then I took a hard look at myself in the mirror. But all I could see was my face and my walkman staring back at me. I wondered if it was something that I'd done that had led to this decision. I started to look back at all of those things that we'd said and argued about. Um, I wasn't sure it was me, really. I mean, I thought maybe it was being oversensitive. But then I went and I'd look out the window at the back to see if I could see him, um, maybe playing in Michael Patterson's garden, maybe throwing a ball around or skipping together. But uh, they weren't there. And then I'd look closely at the patio doors to see if there's any movement there, because I can see those from over the fence as well. Um, but no, I couldn't see any movement. Um, they weren't playing in that room. I was even going to ask my mum if I could get my binoculars out of the cupboard of confiscated items, but I didn't want to bring that up. So uh, I, I didn't get a, a closer look, and you can only zoom in using your phone camera so much. So I sort of watched the property for about half an hour, um, didn't see Trevor or Michael Patterson. So I don't know what to make of this. Maybe I did upset him. Maybe I should have let him write poems about the French trip for the whole series. But uh, it is my podcast, and I should have the say in what goes in it. So while looking in the mirror, I asked myself, what would Steve Harris do? And he wouldn't let this affect him. He'd just say, the show must go on. Um, so I'd look through my phone contacts to see if I could talk to someone else in this episode, because I have thought about it in the past, maybe involving other friends. There's someone I know from my teen years who eventually went to role play with me as well, and he liked Iron Maiden. And his name is Pterodactyl Mark. And uh, we know each other quite well, so I thought I'd give him a ring. Um, and we arranged to meet over Zoom, um, which is what all people are doing nowadays. So this was nice, uh, new technology to move with the times. I explained about the show so he knew what to expect. But luckily for me, he's already heard the podcast, so that was good. Um, so I haven't included all of that getting to know you, catching up stuff. Um, but I'll play the relevant bits now. So you'll have to remind me, because um, it's been a while, um, why were you called Pterodactyl Mark? I don't know! I used to think it was because I had a big nose! Oh, right, yeah. Uh, I, no, I don't think it was. Um, anyway, thank you for joining me. Uh, it's nice to see you. Uh, I haven't, we haven't spoke for quite a lot of years, have we? Um, and it's good to see you on Zoom. Um, so, yeah, I can see you, see your bedroom. Uh, I, I won't go into detail, um, to, but just a picture of the scene for people. Uh, I notice you've got a poster of that, that tennis player scratching the bottom. Um, that's interesting. Yeah, it's art! Yeah, it's quite a famous picture. Um, is that Beverly Crusher from Star Trek Next Generation as well? Yeah, she's nice. Uh, I was When I heard your Women in Uniform episode, I was a bit annoyed because you said that the, the original series had the best uniforms, but it was Next Generation for me. Well, yeah, I, I, I think the uh, the podcast does generate a bit of controversy um, because of the opinions, but that happens. I, you know, I don't say that they are the best uniforms, full stop. Um, I mean, Shepherdess was number one, but I don't think anybody would agree with that. That's not really a uniform many people can relate to. No, she was nice though, weren't she, Fiona Gregory? Well, yeah, um, yeah, I quite liked her, but that's probably in the past now. And uh, as we heard with Wasted Years, we need to leave those places behind don't we and focus on the now and the future yeah but we have to talk about the past here don't we because you copied me this album on the cassette which was a uh, really nice of you yeah i did but yeah maybe don't mention that because that's actually illegal um i think i did 
uh, copy it for you uh, and maybe some other people but I suppose that happened then um, but yeah maybe maybe best not to mention it on the podcast oh yeah okay okay so I'm going to talk about Sea of Madness um, what tends to happen is uh, I, I talk about the song which I've already done and then I ask your opinion of it and then if you could just say I like it that would probably keep listeners happy because then there's that continuity is that alright? what? say I like it? Yeah. Uh, wow. I I like it more than that. Okay, well, maybe go into a bit more detail then. What are you doing? Eating crisps. Well, maybe don't do that on a podcast because um, people can hear that on, on this call. That's not what happens. It, it, it's not professional. What do you mean? I mean that people can hear you chewing or crunching on whatever Doritos or whatever they are um, when we're here to talk about Sea of Madness. Well, I thought if you mention Doritos, then you get a sponsorship, don't you? Next episode. No, that's not how it works anymore. Anyway, Sea of Madness. So you, you say you more than like it. Uh, any any advance on that? Yeah, it's got a nice feel to it. Um, quite different from any other Iron Maiden song, and it and it sort of. Sums up that album, doesn't it? Because it's all a bit different. Yeah, well, the sound's different, isn't it, overall? Uh, that's a good point. Is it one of your top top songs? Nah, it's all right. It's a sort of 7 to 8 out of 10, I think. Uh, not as good as Wasted Years, but maybe better than Heaven Can Wait. Okay, uh, that's good. Um, now, I'm not going to ask you for any poetry, because that's what normally happens. Oh, yeah, well, you can if you want. No, no, I don't. It's all right. I we'll think we'll have a break from poetry this week, um, so it's okay. Have you got any hobbies that might be relevant to this song or Iron Maiden or the podcast? No, not really. I like aeroplanes, so you should have called for Aces High. I was a bit annoyed that I didn't get a call, but I'm really glad I got a call now. So, are you going to call me again next week? Uh, well, I'm hoping to make things better with Trevor. I mean, I don't know if there is an issue. I'll find that out. But uh, so, yeah, it might might be a one-off. What? Ah, oh, you're joking. Oh, go on, mate. You can fit me in. Well, I, don't, I think the podcast is quite long as it is. And, uh, yeah, I think the formula is OK. It's just Trevor's, for some reason, not available this week. All right. Is there anything else you want? Pardon? Is there anything else you want? Like, to make it like Trevor or do something similar? No, I don't think so. Um, I think you've probably done enough, thank you. Uh, I mean, you know, I don't necessarily want the same as Trevor. Um, you know, he did things that maybe weren't right for the show. Uh, he'd invent things, random things, do his poetry. When I look at his Christmas presents, I don't want you to record a single or paint a vulgar picture. All right, then. Should we chat some more? Y- yeah, OK. It's nice to catch up. I haven't spoken to many people in the last year. Yeah, OK. Well, um... I'm going to sort of, if I pretend to say bye for the podcast, and then we'll have a chat afterwards. Right, so what do I do? Uh, Just say goodbye. Goodbye! Okay, thanks. That was a chat I had with Pterodactyl Mark, and I do apologise about that, uh, because clearly it wasn't up to the standard of Trevor, uh, and that in itself is is saying something. I don't think he'll be back next week, uh, and I'm going to aim this week to have crisis talks with Trevor to get him back on the show. So you can be assured that I'll try my best to make this podcast work. Because I don't think that last five minutes was uh, podcast gold. 
Okay, you can find me online on social media. I'm at Wayne Maiden on Twitter. And have a look elsewhere. You might find me there. I've also got a Ko-Fi page where I add additional posts about the show. Uh, you can have a look there, extra info. Add some messages about the Wasted Years cover art. Uh, Baz Fori said that he loved the cover. And he said it was really intriguing for a creative 16-year-old's mind. Now, maybe I discounted the cover a bit, saying it was not one of their best. But uh, certainly it's got a lot of detail, which is nice. And some of that detail were the four screens around Eddie's face, uh, which was a reflection, as some people perhaps learned from my show. Uh, It wasn't on Zoom, as Sean said on Facebook. Those four screens had references to some of the artwork we've already seen, the flames on the number of the beast, a sort of Egyptian pyramid scene. And Corky said that the football scene is reminiscent of the Virtual Eleven cover. Yes, that's an interesting point. So thank you for that. Well, it's just a short episode this week um, because I've had a few issues. Uh, and I don't mean due to madness, like the theme of the song or, or mental well-being. Uh, obviously, the Trevor thing was a bit of an issue. Um, but I've also had some issues with recording because uh, I did record a lot of the episode and then I found out that the sound was all wrong. There was an issue with the audio. It was a bit distorted in one ear. Um, so I think I had a look at the mixing desk. I think my mum's been in dusting and it's ruined the settings. So that was annoying. Uh, I meant I had to redo some of the sections, which I don't like doing because it takes away the, the impact. Uh, I probably said better things the first time around. So I apologise for this. Um, hopefully it hasn't affected your enjoyment. Uh, thinking of the episode, uh, I'm a bit worried uh, that already I'm having complaints about Pterodactyl Mark uh, and the show hasn't even finished yet. Um, but yeah, can I point out that... Uh, I don't condone Chris beating on podcasts. So I can assure you that uh, that won't happen again. Uh, There's been quite a lot of things that I've had to pull up with over the history of this podcast. Uh, But you have to learn from mistakes of yourself and of others. So yeah, that's Sea of Badness then. A solid song. Keeps us rolling along nicely until the end of Side A, which is coming next week with Heaven Can Wait. So I hope you can join me for that. Um, So uh, yeah, I'll leave you with some Sea of Madness. And uh, hopefully see you again next week. Thanks for listening. Bye-bye.